0: is Gigi Sabat and you're listening to the Walk With Me podcast. My guest today is Christina. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Gigi.
0: You're welcome. It's an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us more about you and where are you from?
1: Yeah, so originally from Ukraine, but I actually live in the Bay Area for like 33 years at this point. Um, I specialize in OCD and anxiety disorders. Um, I run a private practice and I also have an online digital a store for specific products that I've created specifically for folks with OCD so that you know sometimes if people can't quite afford treatment they can get a course or they can get a journal um, I also host the OCD whisper podcast hence kind of the name behind me um, yeah that's me
0: awesome now tell us a little bit more about OCD and why is it so important to know more about OCD
1: That's a good question. I think in general, one of the things that I'd say most people find over and over again is that OCD is widely misunderstood as, and I think part of it is the way it's portrayed also in the media as like a quirk or personality trait. Um, And in reality, it's really none of those. It's um, an anxiety disorder and it's a pretty debilitating one of that. And OCD kind of D, the disorder is really where you're not just, you know, having a preference towards something. You're not just um, kind of mulling something over and then decide to, you know, line things up or color code or whatnot. It's really where your brain essentially is producing some signals um, that really should not be there, but they're being produced because of the way that the brain is essentially not working properly. And so you have what we call intrusions. And so when you have these intrusions, they can be in the form of intrusive thoughts that, you know, you don't quite want uh, feelings. It could be images. And whenever you get those, um, they're usually paired with a sense of anxiety, dread, shame, guilt. So it activates your flight and fight response. And then you feel like there's a threat. And so therefore I have to do something about this to get rid of this. And that's where the behaviors come into play. And people do a lot of repetitive behaviors um, because the brain is not, again, getting that message that the behavior I just did is enough, and so therefore the task is complete. So people feel compelled to continue to do behaviors over and over again until they they hopefully get to that place of uh, certainty or that emotional relief. Which in OCD, frankly. Um, You really don't get that. You actually get more anxiety. You can feel more confused and suddenly you end up kind of down a deep, dark rabbit hole, if you will, um, of feeling really kind of stuck.
0: That's very true. And speaking of stuck, what message do you have for those individuals who feel stuck today?
1: Yeah, that's another good question, right? Because that's something I ask on my podcast when I also interview some folks, right? And I think the common thing I hear is people want to say things like you're not alone, which is true, and I totally believe in that. But I think the bigger thing is what's important is that when something is happening to you as an individual, in that moment, we're not really thinking globally. We're really just kind of focused on our immediate experience. And I think the thing that I want to point out and say is when you're in that moment and you're really kind of questioning, like, what's happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Um, I'm feeling out of control, etc. To really get some education so that you can really learn um, what is actually happening to you, right? Because when you don't know that what it is is OCD, people quite often, you know, i over and over, I hear things like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm losing my mind. And when we provide some education, people often say things like, oh my gosh, okay, at least I understand now what's going on or i understand like it's not a personal fault per se right it's like there's something going on in my brain in my in my body Um, and so we learn like oh i can do something about it so for those who are struggling with it or think they might be struggling with ocd definitely get some education and definitely reach out and see a specialist and if nothing else at least get a proper assessment done so that you can then be more empowered um, to know you know what is actually happening
0: That's very true. Now, your podcast is titled The OCD Whisperer Podcast. Tell us a little bit more about what inspired you to name your podcast, The OCD Whisperer.
1: (laughs) You know, um, so really, I was working with this one family, and there was a kiddo I was working with, and the parent basically, at at some point, kind of said, hey, do you know that show, the, The Ghost Whisperer? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with it. And then the parent goes, my God, you're like the OCD whisperer. I feel like whatever you're telling my kid, like, like they're getting it. And there's some improvement we're having. And so we all kind of laughed about it and moved on. And then some time passed. And I had, I had a couple other clients that started to say things like, oh my God, I wish I could have you in my ear between sessions. I'm like, what do you mean? Like a podcast? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And I'm like, eh, probably not. And then I had some more clients saying it again. I'm like, well, maybe I guess I should think about it. So that's really kind of how both of these things came to be it was really from my clients and when I was thinking what would I name it like I remember that because it was just such a just such a cute cool funny you know way to be termed um that I thought that was very fitting um to have as a name I love it
0: now tell us a little bit more about the major challenges that you faced in your life
1: you mean for like my own experiences yes ma'am Yeah. So I'm one of those people who, so I have OCD, I have lived experience. Um, I'm one of those folks who did not know this really until I'd say my late thirties. And so, you know, growing up in Ukraine, talking about mental health was definitely something you don't do. Uh, Mental health was highly stigmatized. Everybody knew culturally, you know, that we, like there's, that can be drinking problems, but we don't talk about, you know, anything else than that. So, Coming to the States, similarly, you know, going through the process of immigration and then, you know, learning a language and fitting in, et cetera, lots of things were happening at the same time. And so it was difficult to tell, you know, was something just because of that adjustment or was there something else going on? As I got older into teens, there's more things that started to come out. And I, at the time, of course, I didn't know, so I didn't quite connect it until later in life. And then looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, because I would suddenly find myself getting really stuck in my head. Um, I would keep replaying things. Um, I try to analyze and reanalyze and reanalyze. And instead of getting clarity and resolution, I'd feel more confused. Um, I would have a really insurmountable kind of amount of feelings of guilt and shame that I would carry. Um, And then I, I learned later that there was something called relationship OCD, which is one of the kind of subtypes of OCD, which I had no clue that that was even a thing. Uh, because, again, what we see in the media is cleaning, lining things up. Um, so once I learned that, I started to realize that this was really kind of showing up, not just in my, um, you know, re- like romantic relationship, but really even in my friendships, in my social circles. Um, and having this incessant doubt and incessantly, you know, wanting to um, constantly apologize, seek reassurance. And it's like no matter no matter how many times I would get that, I would still be like, no, but, but are you sure? But maybe, but what if? And so that that process of that feeling of like, this is not enough. I, just, I really just need to keep getting more and more to make sure, right, to have that certainty. Um, that was definitely happening. But again, I didn't know that at the time. So I just chalked it up to, well, I guess I'm insecure. And then, of course, you know, as I got older, and then got into the specialty, right, a lot of things kind of fell into place. And I'm like, Oh, my goodness, this is this is what's going on. Okay. And then, Right, started to really learn to apply the different tools, um, and start to progressively get better. Um, and I think like it's true for most people too, you know, when you're going through such turmoil and you don't understand what's happening, um, you know, at times using other things that I would say are probably not healthy or, or great things like um going out too much with my friends because that was a way to distract, right? Because then I don't have to think I'm trying not to think about this stuff. So um, there's definitely unhealthy habits that, that I engage in as a way to try to cope. Um, and I think all in all, when you really kind of go through this whole journey and come out on the other side and finally understand and recognize and all the pieces fall into place, I mean, it's it's kind of profound, right? And you realize, man, I definitely know I'm not the only one. So, you know, this, yeah, this work just really spoke and connected to me. and so And so here I am.
0: That's very powerful. And what helped you overcome some of those unhealthy habits?
1: Well, let's say a couple of things. One is, like I just said, getting clarity on what I was actually dealing with, and then applying the right tools. I'd say the second was definitely, um, you know, having really solid, strong connections and and friendships where I knew I could really lean into them and not be judged or criticized, and where I was completely accepted. Um, And really having that space to be able to kind of talk through things, right? Because a lot of this is having to reorient yourself and gain new understanding about yourself and new awareness. Um, and then using tools like exposure response prevention, um, there's, as I learned those tools, there's a couple of, there's really one exposure style that I seem to really like. And then I was, um, I really was able to kind of master how to design a response prevention plan and, and put it into gear. So I, that really helped a lot. Um, and then, uh, kind of in this last year, there's another therapy called inference-based CBT. And so as I've learned that therapy and been applying it, that took my recovery to another level because it taught me to understand more my thinking process. Like how is it that I'm even arriving at these conclusions and doubting these things? Um, And so once I started to see what that process is like, I was able to start to resolve that and really come back to, you know, that, that more healthier, place and really reconnect back to who I actually am and what I'm actually doing and, um, and move from there.
0: Very powerful. Now, Christina, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness?
1: (laughs) That's a very big question. (laughs) Um, well, I, you know, I think I gather your audience also, you know, might be faith-based. And I, I mean, I think a big part of it, one is what, you know, if you're somebody who is faith-based, absolutely, you know, continue to engage with, with that and, and use that process to your benefit, um, you know, whether it's prayer or faith or trust, um, and to ensure, especially if you're somebody who might have OCD, that you learn the distinction between, you know, really coming to that place of worship from a place of love and compassion versus from a place of um, compulsion where I feel like I have to um, pray in order to quote unquote, make these bad thoughts go away. So, um, I think the other thing is, you know, to really live that kind of life, like you're saying, a big part of it is getting really honest with yourself, who you are, where you are, and you know, what you want to hold yourself accountable for and, and what you're willing to do to take the, you know, the next steps to, towards the kind of life you want to have, like, because that requires a lot of courage, frankly, um, and work. And so, You know, if you want it, let's figure out a way how to get there, and then we got to start putting in that, like I said, putting in that work, so
0: that we can we can get there one step at a time. I love it. Now, do you have any last words for the audience?
1: Well, I guess the main thing I would say is that if you are dealing with OCD and/or really any anxiety issues, um, again, most important is kind of figuring out where you are. I think the only thing I see is that sometimes people take. A really, really long time to seek out help. So if you are struggling, I'd say definitely, you know, try to get help sooner than later, because y- you'll you thank yourself for it later, right? Because you're going to know that you didn't spend more time kind of spinning the wheels, but you really are, are going to tackle this. And you're going to learn this, whatever, you know, your anxiety issues are, you're going to learn that about yourself so that you can kind of reintegrate these pieces and have a different relationship
0: with that part of you. Amen. Very powerful. And Christina, where can the audience find you?
1: Um, they can go to um, the website online, OCDacademy.com. Um, so I have uh, courses on exposure response prevention, ICBT, and a digital journal that I created specifically for folks who are struggling with OCD. So that's one platform. And then of course, um, you can uh, find me on any podcast platform, OCD Whisper podcast.
0: Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Christina on all of her social media platforms and her website. And Christina, thank you again for being a guest on the Walk With Me podcast.
1: Thank you, JG. God bless. You as well.